This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and this is another episode of Strong Side Fridays. Joined, as always, by Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week three NFL action Today, we're going to hit the big injury news heading into the weekend and then dive into Sunday's games. We will fade the public, try another all-day parlay, debate our game of the week, and then wrap up with some Friday futures and best bets and get you out of here for the weekend. Raheem, how are you feeling about week three? I feel good about week three. There's a lot of great teaser legs this week. We got some exciting games. We got the Bucks. We got the Rams. We got Seahawks versus Vikings, which is always good. Packers 49. It's going to be a really exciting slate of NFL football. We get to learn a little bit more about these teams that we didn't necessarily learn before. So I'm really excited. I'm excited too. I feel much better about week three than I did about week two going in. We've got double the information on games and I just like the lines a little bit better here. So before we get to those, just a reminder to make sure you download our award-winning app at Action Network if you have not done so yet. You can track all of our picks there with real-time notifications Raheem and I are putting bets in on game day, too. So you're getting some live bets and reads right as we're getting those odds in there. You can see all of our articles on betting, fantasy football as well. As always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So let's get down to business with some of the big injury news of the week. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. We had the red wedding of quarterbacks on Sunday. We started out that early afternoon. I think there were six quarterbacks that went out either for some while or stayed out a little bit longer. So we've got a lot of big quarterback injury news to get through this week. Uh, I'm in Chicago, so I'm going to start out with the Bears. Andy Dalton is out. Justin Fields is in. The rookie will make his first start this week, heading back to Ohio, where he played at Ohio State to face the Browns. So I'm excited just to get to see Fields out there for a whole game. Raheem, what are you noticing about the line on this game and how are we feeling about this move? This is absolutely the strangest thing I've ever seen. But the market is pricing Justin Fields as if he's worth two points to spread. I mean, we've seen this line (laughs) go down from nine to seven. I know the Browns have some injuries, but this is just strange. I mean, we're, we're sitting at seven and a half now. I don't know what to make of it because when you look at Justin Fields last week, he was minus 0.58 EPA, a total EPA of negative 13.3, which is worse than what Dalton did. And he's playing a defensive line with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. To me, this feels like one of those overreactions that we see just because people like Justin Fields and he's exciting. But We've seen this year, rookie quarterbacks are pretty bad. You look at Zach Wilson. If you don't have the right pieces around a guy, you're not really setting them up to win. You look at Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't looked great. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense has been on the field all the time. Matt Jones has looked a little better. But, I mean, for the most part, these these rookie quarterbacks aren't great. So I can't fathom why this line is moving other than maybe the Browns' injuries. 
feels like a public reaction to, hey, we finally get to see Justin Fields and Andy Dalton sucks. So anyone's got to be better than him. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. We'll come back to that one. I have one of these sides in my all day parlay in a little in a little while. But I think that definitely has been interesting to see that line moving the opposite direction you would normally think for a rookie starting on the road. Uh, another quarterback that we know is out this week, Tua Tagovailoa. He's had that rib injury. Not a great start to the season when he already missed so much time hurt last year. Jacoby Brissett will start in Tua's place. I know that you've got some feelings about Miami on this one as we head to Vegas. Derek Carr looks healthy. It looks like he should be good to go. But what do you think about Brissett instead of Tua? For me, I don't think it's much of a downgrade, if it's a downgrade at all. Tua doesn't have a lot of arm strip. That's something that Brissett actually has. So I think on you give this team a week to prepare, Brian Flores is one of the best coaches in the league. And I don't have a ton of respect for this Raiders defense. I know they're a lot better this season. But they played the Baltimore Ravens, who – truly struggle to pass the ball. And then, honestly, Baltimore probably wins that game if we don't get multiple Lamar Jackson fumbles. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are abysmal on offense, have problems on the offensive line. You have a wash Ben Roethlisberger. To me, this is a spot where I think Brissette could come in and actually do some damage. We'll talk about this game a little bit more later. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not sure that Brissette is a big downgrade. He's one of the better backups in the NFL so it's an interesting spot, especially as the line moves around on that one. That's jumped all over the place this week. It started at minus one on the look ahead. I saw it up to minus five at first. And then when the injury news started coming out, it bounced down back to three. And now it's around four. It's it's moving all over the place with all these injuries. So a couple other quarterbacks that I don't know. We, we don't know yet what will happen with them this week. Ben Roethlisberger is questionable uh, with an injury, as usual. When isn't Ben Roethlisberger questionable with an injury? Carson Wentz, speaking of all his injured, somehow sprained both of his ankles, I think on the same play last week, because it's Carson Wentz, and of course he did. So <laughs> news out of Colts camp, uh, Jacob Eason is splitting first-team reps with Brett Hunley, who literally they just signed off the street. So that's interesting. What do you make about Wentz or Roethlisberger? They're both questionable right now. Do you think we'll see either one of them? I think we'll see Big Ben just because he's a tough cookie. He's always going to make sure he gets out there. But for Ben, it's a matter of what's he going to look like because he hasn't looked great this entire season. We've actually seen some sharp money on the Cincinnati Bengals at plus three and a half, brought that line down to three. I'm inclined to agree with the move, but I also think when you look at that game, this feels like an, an under all the way. We've seen this. We've seen sharp money on the on the total as well. I believe this total was at 45 and a half and we're seeing that down to, to 43 and a half. So I don't see either of these teams particularly scoring. So I think that's the way to look when you're looking at that game. I'm not expecting a huge performance from Big Ben at all. Yeah, I do think both these guys play. Carson Wentz's career is starting to reflect Big Ben a little bit, just in a like a, a worse, much worse version. We forgot, you know, he did get did the Super Bowl early, but it wasn't him. But kind of peaking early, but that big quarterback that holds the ball, takes a few too many hits, is kind of always injured. And obviously, I'm not saying Wentz is Big Ben. Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer, and Wentz, my guy, probably not going to get there at this point. 
But I do think both of them play Wentz and uh, the Colts are playing in Tennessee in a game that they really need him out there for. Uh, they really need to, to stay in that one, not let that division get away from them. So definitely some quarterbacks to keep an eye on. Raheem, you had a couple other line moves that you wanted to comment on quickly. What what else caught your eye this week? I think the biggest line move that caught my eye is Buffalo minus nine and a half. That was down to seven and a half. I think that's a really, really interesting game. For me, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it. Taylor Henneke, his first road start. When you look at Buffalo, I mean, Josh Allen really struggled and regressed this season. He doesn't look like the same guy from last year. When I look at Washington, at that front seven that we all, they're not doing the, the damage that we thought they would. And their secondary really isn't holed up behind that defensive line. And this is a game where it wouldn't surprise me to see Josh Allen return to form like it at nine but at seven I'm not looking to play it it's a stay away from me at this point I liked it a lot at nine it to me this is a game that I it wouldn't totally shock me to see Washington pull the upset uh, I think that it, it, it could easily turn out to be a, a lower scoring close sort of game I like Heineke better with an extra few days to prepare after they're off the Thursday game that's always a good thing to keep an eye on with just those extra days of rest and preparation and yeah, maybe this is a Josh Allen get-right game, but maybe it's a Washington defense get-right game. They're going to be coming after him, and he has not really been performing well. And I have about as much confidence in in Chase Young and Montez Sweat as I do on the other end of that. So I, I would caution at 7.5, it's going to be a spot where it would be tempting to put that into a teaser. I would caution against that. You know, the Bills could lose this. And the, there are other better tease spots, I think, for me this week. but. Uh, you you had one other total that you wanted to comment on. What's the other one that's moving? We got the Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers. This line opened at 48. We're now up to 50. I still like this game to go over. When you look at the defensive issues on the with the San Francisco 49ers, they're completely banged up. They were able to move the ball. They had, they had 6.0 yards per play, 6.8 yards per pass, 5.2 yards per rush. So... I mean, they had their opportunities to score. I mean, I like the Packers to put up some points, but at the same time, as we saw Monday night, the Packers can't stop a nosebleed. Jared Goff was moving <laughs> up and down the field at will, and we've seen this 49ers team dominate the Packers. If you look in 2019, they played twice. They basically ran the ball down their throat. They were able to pass. I have no respect for this Packers defense, a, a Sunday night shootout. I mean, right now, we're looking at Primetime overs at six and zero. Oh. I'm not uh, sure if this 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 Carolina game is going to go over or under because we're, we're actually recording on Thursday afternoon. But the next primetime game is the the Packers and the 49ers, and we could be looking at either eight and zero or seven and one because I think this game is going over total. Yeah, I definitely expect some points in that. I will be putting into my all-day parlay, so we'll come back to that. But let's get to some of our favorite picks for the the week. So, Raheem, how are you fading the public this week? It's time to fade the public. Los Angeles Rams plus one and a half. Right now, we have 76% of the public all over the defending Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady is like Alonzo from training day. You give him 18 months, he'll give you a career. It doesn't matter who he has out there with him, whether it's Deion Branch, whether it's Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, 
you want to take a wild guess on what percentage of the time teams pass the ball against the Buccaneers this season? Well, I know the Cowboys sure didn't uh, didn't do much running in the first game, so I'm going to guess pretty high. I, I will say 75% pass. You're almost on point. This season, teams are passing 77% of the time against this Buccaneers defense. And why is because this Buccaneers defense, the past two seasons, it's very tough to run on them, but you can pass on them because they're banged up. The Rams were 51% run on early downs. Sean McVay is smart enough to know how to attack this team. He passed on 77% of early downs. That's first and second down last year. And now you got to upgrade a quarterback with Matthew Stafford. This offense, can they can pass the ball. The Rams are second in drop back, expected points added, and they're facing a Bucks defense, which is 21st in passing success rate. So you had a lot of sharp and professional money come in and move this line from Rams minus one and a half to now we're sitting at Rams plus one and a half. I personally agree with the opening number. I know all professional gamblers, they're not all just sitting in this one cave <laughs> all agreeing on one <laughs> specific bet. You can have guys on both sides. But me personally, I think with this Buccaneers team, they're going to have trouble. They don't have trouble stopping the Rams. And if you give me one and a half points at home with Matthew Stafford and this Rams offense, I like it. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Yes, I am back to being Captain Public for the second straight week here. It did not work out well for me last week, but let me make the case for Tampa. And I mean, I feel like really you made the case for Tampa. The case sort of makes itself. It's it's Tom Brady. It's all those weapons. It's the Bucks. This team has now for the first NFL team in history, They've won nine games in a row. All nine games, they've scored at least 30 points. And only three of those are even home games. So they're doing this on the road. And also one of those is the Super Bowl. We're counting postseason in there. These are real games against real competition. And they're just scoring a ton of points. You know, last week against the Falcons, they struggled a little bit, sort of, and then suddenly blew the game wide open. 
but really they dominated the whole. They way. blew the whole. They blew the game wide open because Matt Matthew Ryan threw back to back pick sixes to the same exact guy. <laughs> yeah, when was the was, last time you saw that? Like, what is this Groundhog Day or something? Yeah, that was that was not fun. I was on the Falcons plus thirteen last week and feeling pretty good, and then that just disappeared in a hurry. And uh, but earlier that game, though, Atlanta really shouldn't have even been that close. Still, Tampa had a couple other opportunities to really blow things open and then a couple uncharacteristic turnovers and things that left the game a little closer than it should have looked. And then I think the final score ended up being, you know, not so far off from what it actually maybe should have been. But Tampa just they felt like a team in that game that they could just name their number, whatever points they want to score. They could just like had a locker room conversation. Oh, 48. You want 48 today? Great. Let's do 48. How should we get there? Gronk, you want a couple? Mike Evans, you want a couple? Like, <clears throat> well, let's just spread it around. Get everyone a little bit of love. Antonio Brown, you're out this week. Hey, how about Chris Godwin? Three touchdowns. You want three this week, Chris? Like there's just, there's so many weapons there. And this team right now is just a regular season juggernaut. And I don't want to bet against them. So this was my hot read this week because I couldn't believe that we were putting a team this hot, this good, this loaded on both sides of the ball as underdogs. They're not underdogs anymore, but the line moved off enough that we lost a teaser opportunity, but not enough to throw me off the scent here. I know everyone is all over this one, uh, but as you said, sometimes the public also includes the professionals. They're also helping to move the line a little bit on this. And we've seen the Rams defense struggle against the Colts and the Bears. Both of them move the ball on the Rams and they kind of stalled in the red zone. Guess who's not going to stall in the red zone? Tom Brady, when he's got Gronk and Evans and Godwin and all those guys. So I I think that if this game is close, I feel like it's one of those where it's, you know, it's the game of the week and Tony Romo is going ballistic, calling on every play beforehand. And it's, uh, you know, a field goal game coming down to the last possession. I can see that for sure. But it's coming on the last position. Do you want Matt Stafford playing like the first relevant game of his entire life? Or do you want Tom Brady? I'll take Tom Brady. So if that's the public side, I'm happy to stick with the public side. You have an all-day parlay coming. So I, I would love that. I think I imagine you had the Bucks in that parlay since you love them so much. I do. I do. We actually have talked about all three of my teams in my all-day parlay. And uh, by the way, off to a rough start on our all-day parlay last week. All three of our picks lost. So the good news is that parlays only count as one pick. So we're just 0-1. It's a simple loss. We're playing parlays at plus 5, plus 600. Look, it's a minus EV bet. We're having a little fun here, but we don't have to win every week. We've got to win once every five or six weeks to pay off, maybe even a little less if we hit a big one at some point. So it's it's a little long game. We're taking it easy. So here's where I'm going this week for all-day parlay. Early afternoon games. I love the Browns. Browns minus seven. We talked about that one earlier. As much as it's been crazy to not have field out there for Dalton, one thing that I was surprised to find out this week, Andy Dalton consistently gets the ball out among the fastest time of any quarterback in the league. He's about two and a half seconds of throw. He's been top five fewest seconds per throw in five straight seasons. Justin Fields does not do that. That was one of the critiques for him coming out of the draft that he's a little slow processing and making decisions and he's got a bit of a wind up throw. So now you take a guy who know that the offensive line in Chicago is not good. They're not protecting. They're not giving a lot of time. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are coming off the edge. 
it's a road game in your first professional start. And so you got the crowd noise bearing in. And that just, to me, all adds up to just a lot of pressure and a rough spot for a young quarterback in his first start. He's returning to Ohio, so that's a pressure spot. He's going to have a lot of folks in the stand rooting him on. And so I like the Browns there. I can't believe that it's minus seven. I definitely want to grab that one before we lose the hook. I honestly thought this line, when De- when Dalton was going to be playing, I thought this line might move closer to two touchdowns. So we're getting at one. I'm on it. Fox are my late afternoon pick. I'll take it right now at 1.5. If it moves a little bit more by the time you get this in, if it's at two or two and a half, I might recommend switching to the money line at that point, just, just to be safe. It's a parlay, so we're going to get odds anyway. But I'll take it at, it's at minus one at BetMGM right now. So I'm taking that. And then the night game, we talked about Packers, 49ers. I don't want to be on either side of this game. Green Bay, three and a half point underdog. Feels too good to pass on, which is exactly why I'm passing on it, because it just sounds a little too scary to me. <laughs> so I'm going to stay away from the sides. Instead, I like this one. Packers and 49ers, both to score at least 20 points. You talked about that. That total is going up. Even if there's a little bit of weather there, there's no way these teams aren't scoring 20. The defenses aren't very good. There's a lot of injuries. That one's at minus 135. So you're paying a little bit of juice. But again, it's a parlay. We're putting these odds all together. So Browns minus seven, Bucks minus one, Packers and 49ers each to score 20. Parlay that together at BetMGM. And we're at plus 534. So $100 wins you $634. We'll be on the board with our first all-day parlay win of the year. What do you think? Outside of the Bucks, I think I'm with you. Like I'm not mad at that at all. All right, he's in on the Browns. He's in on the on the night game. We got two or three. We just gotta gotta win another one. But since we're head to head on that one, Raheem, are you ready to take me on in our game of the week? Who's saying you want a piece of me? Bring it. The Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs really haven't been bringing in your money. You just won 11 and one in the last 13 games, but this is a market. And I do believe the market has finally caught up to the chiefs consistently finding themselves in one score games. If the market is efficient and given how tight these NFL numbers are, we're at a buy low point for the chiefs and the chiefs to eventually start covering some of these games going forward. Still third in points per game, 34 points a game. The first at EPA per play, the third in offense is success rate. And it's clear that, if you want to play the Chiefs, you're going to need to put up 40 points to be competitive and to try to win that game. Now, we look at Justin Herbert. He looks like he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the future, but I don't think they're quite there yet. And even against this Chiefs defense, which is 32nd in defensive success rate, they're allowing a whopping 59.2% of plays to be grayed out as successful. I'm not sure that the the Chargers can actually capitalize on the same manner that we saw from other teams. Like, look, this Chiefs defense, they primarily struggle at stopping the run. They have a 59% defensive success rate against the run. And they played the Cowboys and the Washington football team. So I don't have a lot of hope for this team. And 31st in the red zone. Out of their 10 red zone attempts, they scored touchdowns on just three of them. Struggle with penalties. And then you upgraded the coach. But this is the same undisciplined Chargers team, which has failed to really put the whole thing together. They should be able to win this game by a touchdown at six and a half. I really like it. This line is actually moving as we speak. 
Sevens have hit the market on the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you can get this under a touchdown, I'm all over the Chiefs. What do you think? Yeah, I actually think this is a perfect pilot on the Chargers. Uh, a lot of the reasons that you said, we're looking at a team that has struggled in the red zone. They struggle with penalties. To me, though, that's not necessarily this is just the same old Chargers doing their same old thing. This is a young quarterback who's only started 16 games. He, his first start came a year ago against Kansas City, and he almost won that game. They, they, the Chargers were leading, and the Chiefs needed a field goal on the last play of the game and another one in overtime to steal the win. And we know how invincible the Chiefs have been in the regular season. So that was Herbert's very first game ever. And this is not necessarily, to me, a Chargers team that's just the same old one. It's a team that has a new coach, an extraordinarily young coach. Dude, every time I see that guy over in the sideline, I'm like, who's this high schooler coaching over here? Brandon Staley, but I love the man. I like how Staley's defense shapes up against this Kansas City attack. So there's been a lot of talk about they play the too high defense. So that means dropping two safeties. And like if you watch Monday night, you saw a lot of this. Detroit was playing a lot of too high. And what happened? You're, you're taking away the deep play, which you got to do with Tyree Kill and Mikkel Hardman. And you're basically saying, like Peyton Manning, if you watched him talk about it, he was talking about how frustrating it is. You just got to be patient and check down and audible to the run play. We talked about the Chargers run defense, how bad it is. I think the Chargers run defense is bad by design. They're, they're challenging teams. Go ahead. Eat your heart out. Run the ball all you want. We're going to play the pass. We're going to take away the deep play. And I don't like how that shapes up for Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs don't want to just check down and throw three-yard passes and hand the ball off all game long. That's not Chiefs football. They want to dial it up deep. And Mahomes is aggressive, I think, to, to force something, try to make that big play. I, I don't know that Mahomes is what Aaron Rodgers is. Rodgers just handed off all game and took care of the lines, and eventually that you know that exploded in the second half, and it was easy for them. But I wonder if Mahomes might actually struggle a little bit and get frustrated trying to look for that big play, force something in there a little bit. Mahomes against the Chargers in his career, four and two, but only a plus 12-point differential, and five of those six games have been close down to the final minutes. So like you said, the Chiefs, they have uh, outside of a week 17 game last year that was inconsequential. The Chiefs have played in nine straight one score games. They're eight and one in those games, but one and eight against the spread. So especially at plus seven, I love the Chargers in this spot. This is one of my favorite few bets of the week. I'm not only playing the plus seven, I'm playing the money line. I think the Chargers can win this game outright. It's my upset special week three. It's at plus 250 on the money line right now. I'll play the spread too, because I feel pretty good about that, but I'm going to sprinkle on the upset. I think Herbert can go head to head with Mahomes. I think that they can take them down. I think you're crazy. When you look at this Chargers team, they're making a living on third down. It's like, how much is that going to continue? They, they're converting a league high 61.29% of their third downs and they're struggling in, on early downs. So when that third down rate regresses, you're looking at a team that really struggles to move the, the chains. And I just, I'm, I'm just not yeah. seeing it. Like I, I like to me, this Chargers team, they could legitimately be 0-2 right now. And, yeah, well, if, so could if, the Chiefs. They could, but I'm just saying, if Antonio Gibson doesn't fumble the ball, they're 0-2 right now. That's fair, but the Chargers also, both of these teams could have won or lost both of their that, games. That's, that's, that, that's fair. 
So, and, and I would say this too, that your point about the third down regression for the charger is very good point. I, I think that that's coming where I'm seeing is that all the other negative stuff they're doing is also going to regress positively. So they're going to be better on those early downs. They're going to get rid of some of those penalties. They're going to be better in the red zone. Those are all regression candidates too. So as the third down efficiency does disappear, there's a lot of those other things. Like right now, to me, the third down is the outlier. They're barely hanging on because of that. I actually see the untapped potential in this team that there's more that they're going to get to. And I'm kind of just betting on that. You said they haven't put it all together yet. To me, this could be the game where they put it together. And this could be the team that we're suddenly talking about as the buzz team. Like, man, look at Staley. Look at that defense, how they come together. Look at Herbert. Uh, I feel like that could be the Monday morning conversation if this one comes together. But we will see. I'm 1-0 in our take-me-on games. I got a weird, fluky win by the 49ers over the Eagles last week. So I won't take too much credit for that. That was a weird game. But we'll see if you can even things up on that one this week. So let's go back to the future. Friday Futures. I'm from the future. Then tell me, future boy. What kind of a future do you call that? If you thought I was crazy for that last one, boy, you are going to just love these. So I had an article come out at Action Network this week on 0-2 teams. Traditionally, about 10 or 12%, somewhere in that range on 0-2 teams make the playoffs, depending on where you cut things off at. So this year, there are seven teams who are 0-2, and both of my futures are futures on those teams. 10 or 12% out of seven teams, that's about one out of the seven, especially when you consider that the playoffs expanded last year. So we got a little more wiggle room. That early two-game hole isn't quite as bad as it used to be. So there's seven teams. The obvious 0-2 teams that make the playoffs are the Colts and the Vikings. I don't like it. You can read on the article why. Maybe they make it. They're, the, they're clearly the two best teams. I don't like the value there. I'm not touching the Lions, the Jaguars, or the Giants. No, thank you. The team that I think is going to make the playoffs at 0-2 right now, they're plus 700. You can find it at as high as plus 1,000, the Atlanta Falcons. So it's been ugly so far. They lost by three in both of their games. But it didn't look – it wasn't quite as bad as things looked. They lost by that much because they were aggressive and they were playing close games, you know, deep into the third quarter – And then things really blew up once it got away from them. So the Atlanta has struggled on third down and fourth down and in the red zone. And uh, that's again, aggression spot. You know, they've got a new coach and Arthur Smith. They're still kind of figuring the offense out. I like them to figure that out a little bit better. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. They've had their moments. They're moving the ball at times and then just disappearing at other times. So I like what the offense could shape up to once they hang of things. The defense has not been bad. Dean Pease has coached them up. They're doing a little bit better. And here's the thing. With these 0-2 teams, the critical thing you have to look at is the schedule. That's why I don't love Minnesota and Indianapolis here. Again, you check that on the article. That's why I do love Atlanta. Here's the next four games for Atlanta. They play the Giants, Washington, the Jets, and the Dolphins. That's a very winnable next month for the Falcons. That's a to me, that's totally a path to three and three, even four and two if they get those games. They still play the Lions and the Jaguars down the stretch. That's two more wins. They play the Saints and the Panthers four times. Those are t- those are very winnable games. They can easily win a couple, maybe three of those. This is a team 
that has a shot in every game. They're talented enough to be in there. That's what's so frustrating about them because they're always in it and then they lose it. But at at seven to one, even ten to one, this is the time with with the Giants, Washington, Jets, Dolphins stretch coming up. It's this is the time to invest Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs. Am I crazy? I think you're completely crazy. This team doesn't have a good offensive line. They don't have a solid defense. To me, Matthew Ryan is like he's Larry Holmes status, flabby and sick. He probably should be taken out back at this point. They go offensive line. They need so much work. You say that they're winning. They have winnable games. But to me, with the defensive line of the Washington and the Dolphins, I don't see how those are winnable games when you compare their offensive line versus the defensive line. I'm big on handicapping offensive line, defensive line matchups. I think this is a team that's going to really struggle this year and Arthur Smith's first season. And they're going to have to really rebuild this this whole roster because I'm just not seeing yeah, that's fair. It's, it's 10 to one. I think that there's an avenue where the offense clicks, the weapons come together and the schedule is soft and the NFC playoff race is shaping up a little softer than I expected it to. If you look around at the wild card race, the NFC West is loaded and it seems like they probably pick up two of those three wild cards, but there's really not another wild card right now. I don't love an NFC East team. I don't love Minnesota. And then the Saints or the Panthers, Carolina's looking good right now, but we'll see if it lasts. To me, there's a wild card spot that might be available. So that's kind of what I'm shooting on with Atlanta. But week, so let's wrap up with a couple other best bets. My column this week where I picked every game, I talked about kitchen sink week. That's these 0-2 teams where if we know historically, if you're 0-2, that is a very good idea to bet on the 0-2 teams in week three. It's the season on the line. You've got to go out and get the win. In the last decade, 0-2 teams in week three are 43-26-1 against the spread. 62% hit rate on that. So, yes, that means that I am betting on the Jets this week. I am betting on the Jaguars, and I'm betting on the Lions. The one I like the most is the Indianapolis Colts. They're plus 5.5. Yes, I know Carson Wentz might not even play, but not only do we have that kitchen sink week in our favor, if you look just division where we know games tend to be closer, now, 0-2 teams over the last decade are 14-5-1 against the spread. So that is almost three out of four times that they are covering. And the Colts have dominated the Titans. They've won eight out of the last nine games in Tennessee in that division rivalry, while the Titans have been very good. So this is a good team that's a talented roster. I don't think they're going to roll over. So beware of those kitchen sink teams. I know that you look at a team that's 0-2 and just think they're dead in the water but I'm, I'm eyeballing them. You've got a couple teams in a teaser, I think, too, that uh, sort of fit into this kitchen sink theory. I did give out the, the Arizona Cardinals on the hot read, but I'm a little bit I'm – not, I'm not as high on that now. I think the, the look-ahead line on this game before the start of the season was like Arizona minus three or something like that. Now we all the way up to seven. I think the scary thing about that game is the Jazz defense has just been on the field. For so long, <laughs> and it's just it, – it's really, really tough. I'm beginning to wonder if we're seeing a scenario this season where the chasm between the, the have-nots and the haves is just growing. And, it, I mean, obviously it's too early in the season to be able to know that, but, I mean, some of these rookie quarterbacks have just been so dreadful. I do think the Lions are a feisty team, and they're going to be able to go out there and cover some of these big spreads because – 
as much as we talk about Jared Goff, he's a guy who he can, I mean, he has experience. He's, he's, he's been in the playoffs. He's, he's been in big moments. And even though he had the training wheels with Sean McVay, we saw him go on there in that first half and he carved that Packers defense up. And I think if they don't fell in that fourth down conversion, I think they actually covered that game. Like, I think that one play com- completely turned around the momentum of that game that you're taking the Lions there against this Baltimore Ravens team coming off a big win on prime time. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins plus four and a half. Like we said before, neither one of us, Kobe Brissett, is a downgrade from Tua. So if he's not a downgrade from Tua, this line is way too high. Derek Carr, he comes into this game off an ankle injury. He's still facing the Dolphins defense, which is 11th in efficiency, leads the league in quarterback hits. His offensive line, the Raiders is banged up to 32nd in adjusted line yards. Josh Jacobs might not play. Miami's going to be able to go out there defensively and, and cause some problems. And I'm not really upgrading the, the Raiders' power ranking after beating the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 2003, teams who lose by 35 points or more are 24-15-4 and to 61.5% against the spread. Take the Miami Dolphins. Plus four and a half is way too high. The second, I'm going to go with a two-team teaser. Arizona Cardinals minus one and a half. Minnesota Vikings plus eight and a half. I think the Vikings keep it close for their season. We all know they have one of the best home field advantages in, in football. Arizona Cardinals used to be able to win this game against a coach in Urban Meyer, who I think is just in over his head. He probably needs to go back to college. So I'm going to tease the Arizona Cardinals down. Yeah, I like that. That's kind of a kitchen sink tease to me because you're you're betting really that Jacksonville manages to keep it close enough that you don't want to take the spread, but banking on the Cardinals to get the win. That makes sense with Jacksonville kind of in that kitchen sink spot. And then, yeah, Minnesota. Russell Wilson is 7-0, lifetime against my, my poor Vikings. A couple of heartbreaking losses in there, but it's the first home game for Minnesota on the season. And Seattle loves those one score games. So even if the Vikings lose a close one, you still get the cover on that eight and a half. It's another kitchen sink spot for them at home um, and they're a talented team. So just trusting Minnesota to stay within eight points makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of a kitchen sink teaser. I like that one as well. All right, that is going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast. Download the Action Network app. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Make sure to check out Stucking Raybon's full preview and NFL betting guide and six-pack if you haven't yet. Raheem and I will be back first thing Monday to run through all the action from week three. For Raheem Palmer, Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>